0: Yes, I came.
1: How many times? Twice. How?
0: First he went down on me, and then we fucked. Who was where? I was on top, and then he fucked me from behind. And that's
1: when you came the second time?
0: God. Why is the sex so important? Because I'm a fucking gay
1: man! Did you touch yourself while he fucked you? Yes. You wank for him?
0: Sometimes. And he does. We do everything that people who have sex do. You enjoy
1: sucking him off? Yes. You like his cock? I love it. You like him coming in your face? Yes. What does it taste like? It tastes
0: like you, but sweeter. That's the spirit. Thank
1: you. Thank you for your honesty. Now fuck off and die.
2: Episode 110 of the Cult of Matt and Mark Cult Film Review Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Mark. Make sure to hit our blog at cultfilmreview.blogspot.com or like us on Facebook uh, at the Cult of Matt and Mark. Or shoot us an email at cultfilmreview at gmail.com. Uh, show news, I watched Gravity tonight. Oh uh, yeah,
1: I meant to see it in the theaters. Is it out on video now?
2: Yeah, I caught it on demand. How was uh, it? In, on looks the, great. On the medium screen. Looks great uh the at least the physics seemed pretty cool uh i know there was some tweet by neil degrasse tyson that it was implausible which it was cuz it relies on uh, a coincidence of trajectory in yeah, order that to it would never happen
1: i'm sure they change orbits on a whim
2: well yeah you can't you can't i mean it all all these space assets aren't clustered within couple hundred miles of each other at the same orbit and the same <laughs> speed you
1: know oh so. it's like uh, i remember in the book um, world war z there's a section about the international space station and what it did during the the war and it was filled with a bunch of improbable in, incredibly improbable activities moving orbits yeah. around yeah. and supposedly they were somehow went up and uh, like fixed um uh, telecommunication, telecommun- telecommun- telecommunication satellites, and I'm sure it just made no sense whatsoever.
2: Yeah, what are you going to do? You know, I don't know. Alright, uh, so I guess is that's it for show news. Oh, the Oscar weekend, uh, I guess I saw Gravity and I saw Dallas Buyers Club but I didn't see the rest of them, and I actually strangely don't much care this, this year uh, What what, who wins or what film wins. It seems like there's a bunch of like 12 Years a Slave is like, oh, exposing the horrors of slavery. I think we all kind of know that slavery was a pretty bad deal. And, uh, you well, know, I, I like,
1: wouldn't go so far as to say I think we all know that it was a pretty bad deal. But, uh, it's not a movie I really want to see.
2: I don't want to see it. it. Didn't look like, uh, didn't look like it had any funny moments. So, uh,
1: I don't think so. Uh, I don't even know it doesn't what's in mean the lead. That, uh, It d- doesn't deserve some credit. Get, get some of the, uh, Get some of the masses to go see it. Maybe it'd be good to have a good little reminder for them.
2: Oh, Best Picture, American Hustle. Captain Phillips didn't see it. Didn't care to see it. Nope. Uh, Dallas Buyers Club saw it. Kind of, kind of creepy. Hey, Matt, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Is AIDS yeah. bad? AIDS, I hear, is bad. All right, so
1: we'll we'll just I'll put that up there with next to slavery on my bad shelf.
2: It was more like the FDA's worse but whatever.
1: Oh, uh, government regulations bad? Have you been I know. watching Fox yeah. News or something?
2: Uh, kind of has a little bit of that whiff. uh gravity. Yeah, good. <laughs> Her didn't see it. Nebraska? Oh, Nebraska was written by an old almost almost live cast member. Yeah, Uncle Frank. I Fran. uh,
1: you know, uh, I think I was thinking about seeing I wonder if I can catch it at the uh, half price theater.
2: Uh, That'd Philomena. probably be fine for
1: watching at home. Philomena? don't want to see that. Steve Coogan
2: movie. Uh, I like Steve Coogan, but mm-hmm. I, I don't care to see that. 12 Years a Slave, Yawn, and The Wolf of Wall Street. All
1: I really want to watch these days are old, goofy sci-fi movies, I found.
2: All right. Well, uh, you're not going to get that in this week's uh, film. Uh, This week's film is the 2004 Closer, starring an ensemble cast, Julia Roberts, Jude Law, Natalie Portman, and Clive Owen. Do you want the long or the short synopsis, Mr. Hudson?
1: Your your pick. I think you know which one I would want.
2: You want the short one, but uh, I, I feel I don't know. Do what you like, my friend.
1: You have think, uh, you have as you believe some free choice in the matter.
2: I I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna stick it out with a long one, and just you're just gonna have to put this in your pipe and smoke. And I'm afraid
1: I'll keep my mouth shut. So I won't say okay. a goddamn thing. All
2: right. You know me, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Dan, played by Ju Law, is a writer in London who wants to finish a novel but in the meantime supports himself by writing obituaries one day he chances upon alice a beautiful young american expatriate working as a stripper when he sees her get hit by a car alice immediately falls for dan and gives him her love without reservation dan is initially enchanted with alice and returns her affection but then he but then she went, but while she inspires him to write his novel her neediness begins to wear on him anna is a photographer who is hired to take a portrait of dan for the dust jacket of his book dan is attracted to her easy confidence and while the two of them flirt anna soon meets larry a dermatologist and marries him dan can't get anna out of his mind even though she's married and the two become lovers but dan is frustrated by the fact that anna is reluctant to leave larry for him a little soap opera synopsis i understand but well it's a
1: soap opera synopsis to a soap opera movie
2: so dan is played by jude law uh, Alice is played by Natalie Portman and Anna is played by Julia Roberts. And, and who plays
1: uh, Ruth? I could never figure that out.
2: Ruth. Who's Ruth? Uh, Ruth was
1: Ruth? Um, <clears throat> Dan's girlfriend when he first meets uh, Anna. Actually, you never see the character he just mentioned yeah, no, in conversation.
2: It. I don't know. Um, put put anybody in there you want. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Emily Blunt. She's... She, in everything these days, British I'm actress.
0: Really
1: I'm going to go with, uh, what's that McCarthy comedian lady? She's been hot lately
2: in the movies. What's her name? McCarthy comedian lady? The oh, the big fat one. Yeah, yeah. What is her name? I don't know. I think you're right. Uh, McCarthy I think she'd, something.
1: I think she'd be pretty good in that
2: role. Yeah. Add a, ca- a little comedy.
1: This movie needs a little comedy. That's
2: right. All right. So first off, uh, I'm just going to ask you straight out. Did you like the movie?
1: Um, I sort of felt about this movie sort of about how I felt about The Graduate. Um, Not crazy about the film. I find the characters in Closer a little bit less likable than the characters in The Graduate. So if I had to group them, they'd be grouped pretty close together, but I'd probably say I liked Closer less than The Graduate. I think The Graduate had a couple more sort of quirky moments than this. This movie wasn't really about quirk at all. Like the graduate no, had, it didn't to. have
2: any. Uh, the its humor was. Oh, what's the right word? Uh, I, I, there
1: wasn't. There wasn't much in the way of humor, except for maybe some snarkiness here and there.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um,
1: um, I. I mean, it. It did. I did get the feeling of Mike Nichols, and I hadn't really thought about the
2: director Mike Nichols before. Oh, that's why you're making the parallel with the Graduate. Yes, because it's, it's the same director.
1: Okay. Um, I mean, I did like Charlie Wilson's War. Did you ever see that?
2: I did. That's a yeah, little more good. fun
1: dealing with dealing with a serious matter. And I like Biloxi Blues too. I thought that was, I thought that was had a had a nice charm to it. But this movie's not really charming. I don't think that with that's what Mike Nichols is going for here. Obviously, no. I don't. He's think not it, trying well- to charm you. I did enjoy all the dirty talk. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty interesting. I, I, I was a little. It was weird that after I watched the movie, I, I thought about it and I was going through it, uh, just listening to some of the conversations over again to pick something for the opening. And I was amazed how filthy this movie really is. Yet we do not see any nudity on any of the principles throughout the entire film. We do
2: see nudity though. We do see uh, a little v- bit.
1: Just a tiniest bit of yeah, nudity. The strip club just just a little bit some breasts on some strippers. And um you know there's not one time where there's like where there's a a tastefully framed scene of like um Jude Law's uh, Wiener, swinging Anna. Around. Well, no, 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 oh. I'm not talking about anything like that, but just like there's not one scene where you see like a close up on Anna's face while she's getting taken from behind by one of her two lovers. You know? And uh, I don't think there's
2: a sex scene in the movie. Yeah, world. there's
1: not one sex scene. For a movie that's so so much I mean, it's it's all about sex. Yeah. And it's it's really filthy with its language. It's incredibly conservative with what it shows. It just sort of I mean, when I, when I thought about it, it sort of weirded me out that um, the director chose to put all the filth in the dialogue. And the, I mean, just on that opening scene, I thought, "Let's just put it out there." And I'm not calling it filth in a bad way. I'm calling it filth in a good way. But well, you know, I had a couple of questions about that opening scene.
2: The opening uh, scene was the the comment, which is my fa- One of my is probably the, my favorite scene of the film, where uh, the Clive Owen character Larry confronts julia roberts who is his wife uh when he comes home from a business trip about uh her infidelity with dan
1: yeah right after he admits having sex with a prostitute which in my opinion is a much lesser offense
2: um uh yeah i would say
1: but you know interestingly use the word wank to mean masturbation for both males and females in this movie is that is that britishism i always thought that wank only referred to
2: male masturbation uh let's just chalk it up as a you know Use of the uh, British uh, used, English? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And um, who really likes getting cum all over their face?
2: Uh, well, you, I don't know, I mean, know, do man. people Gen-
1: really like it? I mean, it's like a porno thing. Like, you Gen always got to pull girls- out and, and, and do a little paint job. But-
2: I know. Japanese girls love it, I hear. Really? Are you serious? No, I, don't, fuck, I don't know.
1: I mean, Just... I understand, you know, <laughs> with oral sex, sometimes a little bit of the baby battery gets around, but who really likes getting a load shot across their face other than in a porno movie? I mean, do you, uh, do you, have you experienced women that enjoy that?
2: Uh, personally, no. Uh, I mean,
1: I, 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 I mean, sure, I, you get a little crazy early on in the relationship, but it's never like a normal part of is, sex. Is point, that is what it?
2: he said? Is that what he, he asked that question, whether... What yeah, but you,
1: like, come on your face.
2: And she said what?
1: Uh, did she She said, yeah, and he asked what it tastes like, and he says it tastes like you just a little sweeter.
2: Maybe on her face is more of a euphemism for swallowing. I guess. You know? All right. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, hey, Like I said, it takes all kinds. This movie, I and... mean, it's
1: interesting about the sexuality in this movie. But um, before we go deeper into that, which I think will be a major part of the discussion, what do you think about this movie, Matthew? I mean, do you like this film? Obviously you picked well, it, so you must, I know your wife likes it quite a bit. So I'm trying to, I really interested in getting the other perspective of what, I mean, maybe I guess I don't not, I don't quite see what this film's trying to get at. And so I'm hoping you can enlighten I, me.
2: I understand like, cause I was thinking about that and I was saying, what's the theme? I, I'm always searching for theme and everything that I watch that I believe has some sort of value. Uh, but I watched this movie and I think there's some conversations that occur in the film that I, at some at some points in my life, would have liked to have had myself or would have liked to have had the courage to have myself. Well, let's do and, some examples. Well, like the scene at the beginning, uh, dealing with a a lover or i
1: Be dealing with infidelity
2: dealing with infidelity mm-hmm. and having because what larry craves is he wants to he wants to stop his imagination from going crazy about the infidelity and he just wants to know fucking everything. He doesn't have a camera, so he can't see it, but he just wants to get it out, just lay it out so he can absorb it and just satisfy uh, that. He does that curiosity. at multiple points in the film. Right. And and so I, I think, and all that's character, all the the
1: both male leads do it.
2: Well, I know, but, but like he really wants to fucking know the mechanics of what went on with while when he was being cheated on. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people say they don't want to know. It's like, oh, did you, you know, your girlfriend fucks some dude. And then your imagination takes off. Mm-hmm. And that's like the worst part about it. Uh, at least in my experience, it's been the worst part about it. So if you know exactly what happens, then it's like, I don't know. It's it's like uh, the pain is more intense, but it's 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 more burning through uh, any sort of chronic pangs. It's just going right for the throat and getting it out and ripping that Band-Aid right off. You know, I, I don't know. So it, it, you think
1: it's more for this movie really speaks to people that really got burnt bad by maybe some infidelity? You know what well, I mean? Uh, no, I think I mean, people it's, get it's, burnt by it, but it, it hurts. I think it burns deeper for some people versus others. Or maybe no, it's, beca- it's, it's it's been meaner, like you just got married and your fucking wife's, in, you know, uh, being uh, in, unfa- unfaithful to you right off the bat. That dead hurt.
2: Right. Well, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, of course. Like, uh, what's that movie with Ben Stiller where he's on his honeymoon and. <laughs> a disaster? Sure? No, no, no. Oh, along came Polly. Or mm. <laughs> he's like uh, they're on their Caribbean uh, honeymoon, and the Harry Shearer French scuba diver character like sleeps with his uh, his newlywed wife.
1: <laughs> I, so. I haven't seen that movie.
2: That's an okay, movie. Anyway, uh, no. What, what I was getting my I would say infidelity. It always usually movies always go for revenge, or at least that's the common uh, emotion or common urge. And this movie doesn't deal. It, there's revenge there, but it's like uh, sort of the long con with regard to Larry's revenge yeah. on Dan. But it's, it's a sort it's, of self-serving revenge as well. Well, yeah, but it's uh, that scene isn't really about revenge. Are
1: we've changed scenes. We're talking about a scene near the end. No, I'm Larry's talking about office? the same
2: scene. The same scene there that we heard at the beginning of the podcast. About
1: Larry want to know the details of her infidelity? Wanting
2: to know just fucking the gratuitous details uh, voyeuristically. And then she asked, why? Why do you want to know all this? And because and he's just a – when he says he's a fucking caveman, I don't really know how to take that comment, other than it kind of got me going when I first heard it. And I still it's a, it's a great it.
1: comment. It reminds me of a couple of musicians. It reminds me a little bit. Uh, there's a couple, two main uh, bands, I think, that deal with these issues about the internal cavemen. They're real sort of men's bands. They talk about men's issues and about that sort of,
2: you know. Are you talking pro- about the Swedish, well, there's, Swedish death metal band in Flames? One of my no, favorites. I was
1: talking oh, about okay. the, the two people I've heard discuss it in their lyrics are the afghan wigs oh yeah they're great and the the i forget the guy that yeah the the he talks uh, about he talks about the sort of darker part of sexuality both of those people
2: do just for our listeners if you're looking for a good 90s listen go grab afghan wigs uh gentlemen and black love i don't think i've listened to Black black love oh fucking you haven't listened to black love well, I will
1: companion. go purchase the full price CD as soon as I get done here.
2: <laughs> anyway, Black Love is is on par with Gentlemen's fucking good album, and the the I would say mind <clears> mind. my mind bomb, uh, dusk, and actually the naked self isn't a bad album. So mm-hmm. throw that out there for folks for uh, our listeners.
1: I anyway. think they sort of deal with those issues of what the caveman, man's, I mean, we've talked about the idea of the gentleman and how that's what men transform themselves into, especially as they go through puberty. And uh, it's sort of interesting to, you know, that veil gets lifted off while your balls deepens a little bit inside a woman. A little more of that Whoa. animal comes out at that okay. moment.
2: Sure. Right. Uh, is that what that's... Just, I don't think that's what that whole conversation is getting at in the he, film.
1: Well, what is it getting at exactly? I, I don't know. That he needs to mark his territory. I, I, he doesn't want his mate mating around. He wants to make... Sh- he wants to be sure... I mean, they keep talking about children.
2: Well, no, no. Movie. He's done he with wants, her. He's, <coughs> he's done, done with her. He's
1: not done with her. Well No, man. he's not
2: done with her. But he's... He's Fooing hanging her out to dry. Well, you know, he I comes in... And, and the whole Larry character, <clears throat> I think uh, I may have read the Ebert review at the time, but he says that the the Larry character, played by Clive Owen, wields the truth like a weapon. But then I watched this, and I was like, okay, the two, the two times he talks about his sexual encounters to either hurt his partner or Dan— I always wondered, like, did he really fuck a whore? Did he really fuck a whore in New York? Uh, you can almost bet he did. But did he try to use that to coax the conversation or the ad- admission out of Anna? You no, know, I think like he, he, he
1: truly loved Anna. He wanted to. He basically wanted to. He wanted to be her mate and raise a family together. Right. And so anything um, that threatened that threatened him personally, and that's why he's all bent out of sh- shape.
2: By, and did he really fuck Alice? That's the other one I want Yeah, to
1: he did. Alice admits it at the end Oh, of the that's movie. right,
2: Alan. Okay, that's and right. And he did re- I mean, clean. look,
1: business trips are for two things. Pressing the flesh and pressing the flesh. <laughs>
2: uh, you should come along with my business trip I'm taking uh, starting Monday. I, I think you will find it uh, remarkably fleshless.
1: Look, uh, man, look, you got to go, you got to go either get on some of the Escort Review websites. <laughs> Or you got to go, you got to get, you got to get into uh, the the, um, erotic Asian massage circles. And they'll tell you which massage parlor you can go to for a rub and tug. (laughs) They're all (laughs) over the place. I mean, in Everett, there's a, there's a, they're they're all over, they're everywhere. There's, there's so many rub and tugs around the world that blow your mind.
2: Uh, Dayton, Ohio is, I think, too depressing of a town for me to, uh, have any other urge but to get the fuck out of there? <laughs> so. <laughs> well, sometimes, this is what will say.
1: Sometimes you got to treat yourself. <laughs> and I'll leave
2: it at that. I treat myself to a one way ticket out of that fucking place. <laughs> I, I, it's so bad. I, you know, nothing, no offense to our Midwestern listeners, but um, I have a whole thing about airport, good airport weather towns. Uh, I have relegated myself to only living in good airport weather towns. And what that means is I want to live in a town where it's fucking airport never gets shut down due to weather. If you live in a town where the airport is getting shut down due to weather, I want nothing to do with living there. Uh, it may be nice at certain parts of the year, but if you're getting shut down... So I'm flying into uh, Winter Storm Titan on Monday, trying to get to my business location. And... There's something about me in business trips that is soul-crushing in a way that I can't quite describe. Uh, It's definitely not going to New York City for a dermatologist convention with uh, high-end prostitutes hanging out in the lobby. It's uh, usually uh, courtyard Marriott's near a freeway or an airport and uh, a Chili's across the street. That's always my business trips, and they're just fucking horrible. So, anyway... (laughs) Well, and uh, having that all be you, that you, you know, The be fun you over. have
1: on your business trips is, is in your own hands.
2: Like, Literally. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, where did you do it, Matt? Where did you do it? <laughs> right. Over there on that
1: <laughs> little miniature oh, desk like, next to the, uh, the six-inch uh, uh, sliding door window?
2: It was 2 a.m. and my meeting was at 7 and I couldn't get to sleep. <laughs> and I, I had a point of weakness. I don't know what to tell tell anybody alright so uh, okay so did we get to the bottom of that scene I don't think we did I, I I just wanted to point out the uniqueness of Larry's I guess brutal honesty and his need to hear the truth and I guess a sort of disturbing way that you would think men wouldn't ever want to hear about right I mean, men wouldn't to, want to
1: hear about I well guess I'm i mean sure you just, exactly what you're talking well, about.
2: well he's there. he's like stoking the fire of jealousy by just getting this huge graphic stream of of information about
1: i, I still don't understand what you, you think he's planning something by this outrage he has in his need for details you think it's part of some sort of plan
2: i i what is he what is he planning who is he manipulating all right well he's a manipula i mean he's a he's the most okay let's talk about okay I'm gonna gonna pause this because I think we could go on for this about this for a while and I want to talk more about the characters and the story please do yeah Uh, let's I'm gonna ask you a question least likable character to most likable character okay Uh,
1: least likable character
2: to most likable character and not Uh, just because you hate Julia Roberts so you got to be a little bit impartial
1: uh, okay so the absolute least likable character would be Anna Okay, uh, the next least likable character would be Dan uh, okay the l- l- character that 's a little less likable least like a little more likable would probably be uh the um Jane Alice character okay, and then not likable but probably the most honest of the characters at least about himself and his own
2: desires would be larry so that 's the same exact order I would have put those characters in.
1: I mean, it's probably, Anna's probably the least likable just because she's so weak. Well, and Ruth, I mean, um, Alice, I, I don't know. She's like, she's like some sort of ephemeral character that I don't understand. And so she, I, she's almost unclassifiable. It's not, she's not even like a human to me, her behaviors.
2: Well, it, well the, the, the hardest part I had with Hannah is her... I guess strange multi-year devotion to Dan because she's like a stripper and so you think she would have you talking about like Alice. Real- Alice it would have stripper-like relationships which would, you know, uh be like attracted to men that may have been like an absentee father that was the sole reason she went into stripping in the first place. You know, that that's kind of that he's he seems to break the pattern of what I would consider her relationship past being.
1: Well, you know, and, I, was, I, was trying to, I was trying to figure out that a little bit. And actually, when I was trying to think about these characters after the movie, I went to Google. And I typed, what the fuck was closer about? Yeah. <laughs> and really? I actually got a, a web page came up where somebody asked that question without the expletive oh. in there. Yeah. And uh, they, the person who answered was talking about the play that this movie is based on. Yeah, and they talk about there's some poetic license used with the Alice character. She actually uh, dies from a car accident at the end of the play, and oh uh, yeah, and I'd, the movie actually pays a little tribute to that by the last scene in the movie where Dan's in that um, sort of memorial in London and he looks up at the wall and he sees the name Alice Avery or something. And it said, uh, this woman saved three children from a burning house. And I guess the idea is that these three adults that she interacted with, she saved them in some way, which I don't didn't quite get, but I think that's sort of, I'm sort of, sort of, that's what the, the, I always picture the person who wrote the play as to be Daniel. How could it not be the case? That yeah, the writer is Daniel, the writer, uh, yeah. and I could just sort of see trying to button button up the story a little bit, and maybe it works. Maybe it works a little better in the stage play. It probably does, but um, I, I guess I think that's maybe what it was going for. She's sort of this person that flits through these three people's lives, but it doesn't seem like she really helps them out at all.
2: No, I, you know, I'm. I'm conflicted about Alice because I I don't find her plausible. And I think that's probably the one weakness in that character that I don't buy her, I guess, devotion to Dan for as long as she was with him. Because Dan's kind of a weak dude. I mean, he is. Well, he
1: likes to cry during sex and Cry about his dead mother when they're having sex
2: yeah he's, I don't know he's, about he's that. real soft well but the thing is 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 he's he's soft but he in my opinion doesn't have any he has a very juvenile conception of love or conception idea of love I mean, he, let's uh, talk about that
1: I think that's more interesting subject because
2: uh this gets back to I don't know People who grow, go into adulthood and still have what I call adolescent relationships always kind of, I'm intrigued yet sort of. What are, put off by what the is, notion. What, is,
1: what does that mean, adolescent relationships? Well,
2: like, maybe, like, we've talked about the Woody Allen film, uh, Annie Hall, quite a bit. OK, well, obviously, because we talked about it for a podcast review. But I would say Woody Allen in that movie has a very adolescent view of love, like the uh, end of the romance, the honeymoon period, uh, sort of the, um, you know, the, the, the. Uh, what he likes the
1: wooing, for? the romance.
2: Yeah, he doesn't like the day to day. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't like the, like the familiarity. Yeah, he doesn't like the uh,
1: washing the other person's dirty underwear.
2: Yeah, kind of like that that monologue and high fidelity that uh, John Cusack character goes into. You know, he's, he's not another into man me. child. Yeah, he's not into the you know he says that's it's you know there's like the Victoria's Secret lingerie which I've always you know sort of attributed to love and attraction but then there's sort of the worn out cotton panties that you know are, he was trying to. I guess.
1: Uh, How about the men's boxer briefs with the worn-out crotch? Hmm? Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. So, he has that mindset, or at least that, uh, I would call it almost a pubescent view.
1: So, who, who has that?
2: Dan. Dan. Because he's all about, you know, the uh, taboo of infidelity, and he doesn't like Anna because Anna's devoted to him, and enjoys the day-to-day with him
1: uh she, well just look at what she wears when she's dealing day-to-day she wears she looks like she wears men's clothes when they're just hanging yeah. out and that's not what he wants no well look huh. he shouldn't be with her then well if that's not the sort of person you want to be with then why is he with her
2: well he's a bit of i mean because he she wants him too much, or she he doesn't. He stops being attracted to her because she does. She wants him too much. She's too needy, I guess. And he wants what he can't have, and he's a bit obsessive in that regard, uh, like a lot of guys are. You know, they want what they can't have. Uh, and well, there, so, there's there's
1: a difference between going out and having some infidelity and going out and falling in love with
2: somebody else. Am I not getting my? point across with I don't think so
1: what what are you trying to say
2: again that that Dan has an adolescent uh immature view of love
1: I guess I I guess the thing is I just don't understand I just I don't understand what that means exactly even though you just tried to explain it he doesn't he doesn't like the day-to-day he wants to be in a, a ongoing romance period
2: okay let me let me quote Larry here who gets to the bottom of dan you don't know the first thing about love because you don't understand compromise what's that mean in the context of the film mr hudson
1: what does that mean in the context of the film well larry really wants to raise a family with anna so if mm-hmm. as long as he can win her back by whatever means necessary he'll be happy he'll take the imperfections of anna in order to have a successful uh, pair bonding and procreation.
2: Okay, but isn't that really the key? That's that Dan That's what people understand? would
1: describe as maturity.
2: There you go. That's not what that, I'm
1: not that I entirely agree with it. Um, but uh, that's not what. Yeah, that's not what Dan wants. And to say that's bad or not, I guess you can't really make that call. It's just not what he wants. He wants no, to be in a series of romances, sure. a all Woody Allen.
2: Yeah, but I don't think he understands that about himself. I think that's his fundamental problem.
1: Mm. You know. Well I think he's fallen to that to more of a long term relationship with with Alice and he doesn't he can't extricate himself from it successfully.
2: He's not as not, he's not enough of an asshole to do it right, I guess. Oh, he's not strong enough. Right. He's a very weak character and uh that kind of makes him less likable. that's why he's really unlikable. He doesn't have
1: it would have been better if he just courage kind of of conviction yeah
2: you know it, yeah if he if he could have you know had his fling with Alice and said, okay, I'm rocking on mm-hmm. and uh been a dick about it and whatever you need to do to to move on out of that uh then he would have been more true to himself, but he's not he's uh as um oh oh yeah here's the other quote from between dan and larry where dan says you think love is simple you think the heart is like a diagram and then there's larry have you ever seen a human heart it looks like a fist wrapped in blood go fuck yourself you writer you liar yeah i like how i like
1: how he yells at the writer i just i got a real smirk thinking about the uh the playwright or the screenwriter sort of uh laughing to themselves having a character yell at them as the writer I thought, that was a, I thought that was a neat little turn. Well, I, I really see what you're getting at. I think the difference is not so much their conceptions of love, even though they're different and those, those differences and their needs drive the story. I think the main difference I see is that Dan wants things, but doesn't have a plan to get them. He just sort of acts moment to moment without any forethought. Yeah. He's a and Larry knows what he wants. Right. And, and, even though he, it's a tumultuous path, full of heartache and, and troubles, he still has a goal that he gets to. I, the thing I don't understand about Larius, why is Anna his goal? Why do you make? Why do you put her up as his goal posts?
2: I don't know. I mean, what is you know, so great about her? That's uh, that's kind of a good question. I
1: think that's um, maybe one of the, one of the things that bugs me is that why are these two men attracted to Anna?
2: Um. I don't yeah. Know, well, I, I mean, don't know if there's
1: a good reason. Other than that, that's just what they, what gets them going, and that's what motivates them. And maybe we're not meant to know that.
2: I, I don't either because I don't like. I, I think I don't. I'm not a big Julia Roberts fan. <laughs> I guess so. Even the, like the physical attraction impetus wouldn't really be there for me. I'd be like, eh. Uh, the other Julie thing that Roberts. sort of bugged
1: me about these characters, I think we got to the bottom of something important there and right. I'm just sort of moving Let's on roll with it. Um, yeah. is why? Uh, one thing that's always bugs me about films, especially these dramas, so many of these dramas, is the characters that we follow are so fucking successful in their regular <laughs> lives, even though they're total <laughs> fuck-ups everywhere else. Uh, Dan, even though he's, he's a failed writer, he has some sweet job at a newspaper, of all things, yeah, where he yeah. has a rather large flat in, in the London. heart of London. Is right. it in the heart? We well, it looks I mean it's, it's in London. It's not it's no, one of the most expensive London's cities in, in the yeah, world. London's expensive, Enough sure. so we can support um Alice who's given up stripping is just working as a waitress. Right. And right. Larry's like the most successful dermatologist in all of Great Britain with a it's single payer medical system. Somehow somehow he be. has a, a gorgeous brand new place. Even though he's a, a fuck up, he's got hundreds and hundreds of uh of pounds in his wall to go throw at a strip club. Well, and that, Anna and... is a super successful a photographer. Anna and Larry, when they get married, move into an absurdly enormous flat in London. I mean, <laughs> I just imagine. I mean, this is like a multi-million dollar space.
2: Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, and
1: totally. and when Anna when Anna cuts, I mean, when Alice cuts loose, she can just go make all the money she wants stripping. I mean, I just. I, I just, I it's always, it's just always a problem with stories where in order to make the story move along easily, you make money a non-issue for your characters. Well, and that's, it's, it's such a it's a, I find it such a troubling issue with films, which I, well, like they try to make, the thing about the, what, of all the other problems with these characters, it just makes, you can't identify with any of these characters. You can't like any of these characters and it's tough to like a film with no likable characters in it.
2: I agree. No, I'm with you. And I knew that there there aren't really a lot of likable characters in it. And it's not a character driven movie. And part of that's because there's the backstory is gone. There's really very little to work with with and that's why the actors did a really good job with this movie, because there's just not a lot here. I think I read that in some review, that they just don't have much to leverage other than what's on the written page. So I kind of dismiss the likability element of the characters in the film and really sort of appreciate the scenes and situations more. Those those kind of get me going in this movie.
1: Uh, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some great discussions in this movie. It's just a movie that's it's about love, but all they talk about is sex. I don't think
2: it's about
1: Love necessarily? Well, God, we just talked about it's about the idea of the differences, the disparity between Dan and Larry and their goals for love.
0: There's not. So what is this movie about?
1: If it's not about those two men, (sighs) it's not about these women. Don't be silly. No, no, no. It's
2: yeah, you're right. No, it's about it's about obviously the men. Obviously, obviously, because I'm a man and everything's about the man. You know, I was
1: I was wondering. I'm going to take it a little side. I, I would wonder what a feminist, how a feminist would feel about this movie. It'd be what nice to have a woman in on this it. podcast.
0: I, I, just, I would, I would
1: really be interesting in, in what your wife feels about these characters. I can't imagine that her mind focuses on the male characters. She must see her, herself in the female characters just as we see ourselves in the male characters, even though they're not ourselves.
2: I Isn't think what it, well, I think for the female viewer, just to step, put my feminist shoes on here and speak for half, half of the world. Uh, I would say that it gives some insight into not necessarily the simple machinations of men that we all like to think men are simple creatures. It's just about the dick. I think it gets a little bit more insight into the way that men operate and how differently they operate from man to man uh, like Dan and Larry operate in this film. Like you said, Larry knows what he wants and he's going to take it no matter how imperfect the prize is where Dan is looking for this, uh, dangerous liaison. Uh, but shrouded in that is an ideal that he cannot compromise his mother. about <laughs> his mother. Yeah. I mean, last so, of
1: the movie is going to that park.
2: Yeah. So I, that's kind of my impression. And I I think it.
1: So from a female's it, perspective, this movie's about the men.
2: I think that's what I I mean. That's why I enjoy this because it 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 displays men's shitty behavior, if you will, with a little bit of rationale and a little bit of insight that I don't think is necessarily there in a lot of drama. You know what I mean? Uh, I just,
1: I don't know. I mean, I just, I got this feeling that this film is misogynist.
2: <sighs> well, because uh, what, why?
1: I mean, the women are traded back and forth and the way that uh, Anna falls in love this way, then that way. It just, yeah. It's very strange. Like, especially the first scene where she's seduced by Dan. I mean, look, He's a good-looking fella.
2: Oh, yeah. That helps. That helps. I, I, I've sure, learned that like, helps. I, I've,
1: I've known some good-looking guys, and it is w- spooky to see a woman just light up who he's, oh, this person has no, never met before. Like, you go, yeah, God. Yeah. I mean, even me, I could see that. He could have sex with that woman if he really wanted to. Oh, yeah. Most no, likely.
2: I, oh, yeah. and they, they
1: literally just met. Literally, she just walked by and is seeing this guy. And there's some sort of magnetism. So, I mean, maybe for Jude Law, he can go to a photography appointment to get a headshot and a woman can fall madly in love with him just like that. I mean, maybe this is maybe this movie needs to speak to people who are more attractive than you and I. I'm not not dogging you, Matthew. (laughs) There were no Jew laws here. All right. What
2: you're saying I'm unattractive? (laughs) I've had nothing no experiences but the opposite my entire
1: life. I have very rarely very rarely in my life do I meet some woman for the first time and there's sparks. It's happened a few times.
2: I'd say it's happened Not since
1: I put on my last fifty pounds, I'm gonna be honest with you.
2: See that hurts, I found. I found (laughs) being a dopey, (laughs) out of shape white guy doesn't help you a whole lot uh, plus we're both
1: in long-term relationships so it's not exactly on your radar
2: no no and no, plus we're getting I, I, we're
1: getting to we're getting to our early 40s and the old libido is not what it used to be
2: well that's true but i'm talking about let's rewind this maybe and i our some mid- ears coming out of my some hairs coming out of my ears
1: they can't be attractive
2: <laughs> i'm just rewind ourselves maybe to our mid-20s uh we yeah a and i bit. decided
1: to work out instead of smoking ganja all the time
2: yeah and uh you know, I, I I gave it the old college try, but there there's a, I just was never that guy. I just was never. Um, I I I did have an encounter with one of my first girlfriends, where for whatever reason she did light up, and like that was maybe after the first or second time I met her. And it was really weird to me it like totally blew my mind I'm like what what is she is this what this is all about you know and it was such a rare event uh that I wouldn't say it's never been repeated, but it's never been that easy and uh and then it then it then it then it was gone for a decade or more you know after that. So, well, it's, I mean, it's, it was very I think, ephemeral for me. I but wonder to have if this to movie be,
1: speaks more to people who've had, you know, a a fair number of sex partners. But to be I mean, that guy. The, you know, when you get up into the, yeah. the 50s or whatever, that means you've had quite a few experiences where you just had hookups. But to and, be that uh, guy. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't have that, I haven't had that many sex partners. And so, maybe this movie can't speak to me since I strictly don't have that experience like we see early in the film very many times with Jude law and right. Anna character.
2: Right. Yeah. But to be that guy who where well, that's the norm and not a rarefied event. It puts you in a different headspace that, that I've never experienced. And yeah, maybe the Jude law characters. I think experiencing
1: maybe, it. maybe, maybe this movie would speak more to them. So I think, I think I, I sort of like where we went in this movie. I'm still confused why this movie focuses on sex so much. I think it is about love. I'm, even though you say it isn't, even though I thought I thought you gave isn't. me a beautiful insight that that's what the core of the movie was. Well,
2: I, I'm not saying that's what it. It's not. It's not what it isn't. It's. I mean, there's no really good examples in the film of of what love really is. But it, I think, deals with people's how they lie to themselves about what they think love is. A little bit, you know. They mm-hmm. have like, uh, oh, this is love, and you know where larry calls dan out on his misperceptions misperce- i guess about what love is and uh, kind of stirs him into ambiguity like he doesn't really fucking know
1: well i i know. just i don't i mean i don't with the insight i recently saw i guess I they just have a different love means different things to them I don't, i don't see where yeah. one is right and one is I wrong know. they well, just have different and- things they're looking for
2: I
0: guess. I think I, what I we
1: really need to get report. down to brass tacks here, Matthew, is let's do it. infidelity. So let's okay. lay all the cards on the table and let's we've both been in long term relationships, right? So yeah. let's talk about the times we've been we've been unfaithful to our partners. <laughs> all right? You go first.
2: Ah uh, let's uh, goose egg. There you go. <laughs> all
1: right, well then I'm not sharing. <laughs> There's gotta be a two way street here. Let's just say I'm not gonna tell you all the rub and tugs. All right. That, does, does that, that doesn't that count, count. Even
2: oh oh. All right. Well, Mark's getting a little bit uh, more more direct. No I, I I've been cheated on, but mm-hmm. I've never done the cheating myself. Because for starters, to manage that kind of of deception, the thought drains my energy reserves right out of me to the point that <laughs> I'm like, oh fuck, you got to be kidding me. How could well, you possibly?
1: I mean, have a have a like a romance outside of your marriage. Oh, my God. That'd, be a, that'd Dude, be a, man, that'd take a lot. Th- you know, the, it's not so nightmare. much the time, it's the money. Hotel rooms, maybe a, another uh, apartment in town.
2: What uh, a pain. It's just... like,
1: like, like a you're going to have to get a rental property somewhere on Finney Ridge so you can bring, <laughs> home, uh, That's bring right. home the uh, women you like to bet oh, on
2: the side. Oh, yeah. I had a, um, he was my landlord, but he had this weird, he was like, he lived in a town maybe 100 miles away and uh he would come to Seattle on the weekends and stay in this bachelor pad which was this apartment below the house I was
1: uh it was a house that had been split him. into two apartments
2: yeah and man that he he squeezed me out but his whole deal was is i don't know he was like a state psychologist and for whatever reason that's the area academic area that you want to be if you're a dude to meet chicks um I don't know why, but he would show up every other weekend with a different chick, and they were like mid thirties divorcees. At least that's what I assume they were. And he he was like knocking them out. I, I I just couldn't. I was like, where's he meeting these chicks, and what the fuck? <laughs> you
1: know? I got one thing to say about that. Uh, that's fucking awesome. And in a perfect world, that's what my life would be like.
2: Uh, but he was kind of skeezy, man. I, so I don't what? Know whatever he's skeezy. I,
0: I, yeah he was just he, a
2: little slimy was a little bit well i think he, he little, got to be a little bit He was kind of a he's a little twerpy a little narrow-shouldered mm-hmm. a little uh oh, what's the right word um he was a bit of a phony and mm-hmm. uh yes. for whatever reason he i don't know all these chicks are just rolling in
1: i'm you just know. not seeing the negatives here matthew
2: I don't either. Other than it just skis your it your uh, upstairs tenant out. How about that? Is that a uh, maybe? You just shouldn't have rented out the upper, upper uh, the upper yeah, apartment maybe. anyway. All right. What was our point? Were we going anywhere? We're Are talking we about infidelity.
1: I mean, maybe a little bit.
2: Uh, I think. Uh, yeah. Well, like I was saying, too much energy to do that kind of deception. It just exhaust me to the point of uh, absurdity. And, uh, yeah, money, time, uh, making up shit. Mm-hmm. Excuses. Yeah, no, no it, thanks. It'd be
1: tough. You'd have to have, it. It'd take a certain amount of energy. I think maybe you just gotta have to have the mindset to do that. And some cash to f- the flow throw around probably doesn't hurt.
2: Well, and then I always wonder, what is the end game? What are you going for? What's the end result? Uh, you know, I'm pretty, sure, how's this it's, gonna I'm end pretty up.
1: sure it's an orgasm. Yeah. <laughs> on multiple occasions i'm pretty sure that's well, the end
2: result i always think like how 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 is this going to end it's not going to end well
1: well does it doesn't you know? it doesn't have to end up well as long as it's a mutual indiscretion i think both parties can be on the same wavelength there i'm sure all yeah. those divorcees that your old landlord was bedding in the basement are fine with it they're on a business trip they're getting some nookie and they uh, go home to their husbands or to their cats and everything's fine i think it's a, yes
2: more like I think, their cats.
1: I think that it's. Uh, I think it's. a <laughs> I, think. I think it could be a, a mutually beneficial relationship. I don't think it needs to blow up in your face. I think a lot of uh. look, people are in look, people. There's so much infidelity going on. It's insane. I mean, there there were. There's been some studies about what percentage of uh, what percentage of fathers unknowingly raise children that aren't sired by them. And it's something. It's something. I think it's, somebody was saying it's like between five ten percent. I think I've heard n- numbers as high as fifteen or twenty
2: percent. Oh, that's right. It Reminds me. I got to get. I got to get my child in for some DNA testing. Uh, I, uh, well, look.
1: <clears throat> I've seen your kid. I think you're pretty <laughs> safe. I know.
2: She. But, she has that <laughs> revet worried baby look. But it's pretty crazy.
1: Infidelity is incredibly common, especially if you're Jude Law.
2: I know. Well, it helps. Especially if you're, if you're super hot. Right. Super hot. Super hot people. That's why... Uh, it's
1: super hot rich people problems. That's I one reason that's, I have trouble caring about these characters. I, I know.
2: So that, well, there you go. But I, I yeah, uh, like, the, like the actors they are in this film, uh, that's why Hollywood relationships always fizzle, right? Uh, I want to say it's a Chris Rock line I may have heard on Joe Rogan, so I'm paraphrasing a paraphrase. But something like... A man is only as faithful as his opportunities (laughs) or something of that nature. Look, if some, I mean,
1: I I can't say I could, look, if some incredibly hot woman for some reason was attracted to me and wanted no strings attached sex, I'd have a hard time turning that down. I'll be the first to admit that.
2: I know. Mark could be spending some long nights in the pews uh, asking God what to do. God's
1: forgiveness.
2: fucking be oh
1: look it'd be tough challenge and i'm not saying i'd say no i'm i'm not saying that by any by any way so i know but it's so nice why. we
2: don't have but we don't even have to worry about it
1: i we do not know. have to worry about that we yes the chances we're of that in, are so absurdly low that uh, at, it's not re- it's it's almost like why worry about the uh, heat death of the universe it's never gonna right. come my way right.
2: well see if that happened to me i would be i would be I go. It's a scam. Is my wallet still on me? No. <laughs> well, you got more Is my cell than phone? You. No, no, no. I'd just be thinking that I was being uh, taken out, and whoever this chick's Russian boyfriend is oh, was... is going to leave me in a dumpster and rob me.
1: They're gonna uh, roof you and take you to the cash machine. Yeah,
2: that, that's kind of that's what would be my first impression.
1: I think what you have to ask. So I'm gonna get sex first because there's a $300 limit on my on my checking account that's right right. so all right let's uh, hit the review Eva reviewed this movie uh, back on December 2nd of 2004 it's amazing this movie is nine years old Seems fairly Dead. modern, except for some well, of I the computer no, I... stuff. Sorry. Um, he gave it four stars out of four. And I'm not a little clear why. Maybe we'll ask that question after we finish taking a look at the review. He says uh, the movie is about four people who richly deserve one another.
2: Uh, I guess, yeah.
1: And that uh, for all their uh, love and seduction, they're all lies except for their desire to sleep with each other.
2: That's a little bit oversimplifying, but yeah, okay.
1: uh, There's a lot of randiness going on in this movie. It's a very randy movie. Um, And he says, talking about their lies, he says, actually, truth causes them more trouble than it saves because they seem compelled to be the most truthful about the ways in which they have been untruthful. There is a difference between confessing you've cheated because you feel guilt and are seeking forgiveness and confessing merely to cause pain the way they sometimes it's best keep, just best. just keeps shit secret in a relationship. I mean, you're not, you, you shouldn't tell the one well, you love everything. Well, well if it's going to hurt their feelings and it doesn't really matter why, why use truthfulness?
2: The, the pop psych, uh, reason for, uh, I guess being overly truthful is a self sabotage mechanism. I believe that like, Women who goes, oh, I just have to tell him that I cheated on him. I just – he he deserves to know. That means she wants to end the relationship with the dude. And that's fine. And this is a way to do it. No, but it, it's – it's it's An excuse. That's, well, it's an excuse. It's a self-sabotage. And, you know, if that's the way you want to get out of it, then that's fine. Well, but, if you
1: can open uh, your eyes to it, that's fine.
2: Yeah, it's like, oh, I mean, what you're really thinking is I'm going to tell him this because I'm going to get the fuck out of this relationship. And then this will give him the reason to – um leave me unless it's killing you
1: and you need forgiveness
2: well d- does that ever really fucking happen i think so yeah uh, who i mean what do you mean sorry. who I mean, who in the generic general sense of the word I, who
1: <sighs> i mean if you ever racked with guilt over something sometimes you have to confess that, maybe that, that's that why we should
2: Yeah, maybe we should watch The Machinist. Yeah, maybe so. Good movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So Uh, he does.
1: He does briefly talk about the use of time passage in this movie, which I found to be one of the more fascinating elements of this movie. The way it cut time out, like just like a knife, it was like a surgeon's knife that would just time would just disappear. And I thought it was really fascinating. It kept you on your toes a little bit, and it even used flashbacks. Like when they t- yeah. do the first time jump, I couldn't tell if they were going back in time or forward in time. I was sort of lost for a few minutes, and I, I found that to be an interesting experience. I thought that was interesting editing. I enjoyed it. I yeah, can no, see no, how some lesser people might find it overly confusing. What's going on? Hey, can you pause it? What's going on? All right. Are <laughs> no, right, you ready just... now? Are you caught up? Yeah, no, um, <laughs> And he says, it's a good question, actually, whether any of them are ever in love at all, although they do do a good job of saying they are. So, I mean, he's just talking about the insincerity of the characters. I guess, huh? there you go. Well,
2: I, you know, the, the Larry character. now do he's insincere, necessarily. No, no, no. But he's, I think, more realistic in the fact that he wants Anna to be his wife. Just fucking wants it. He wants a wife. He, he just, that this is going to be her. Mm-hmm. And then he takes it. And then I think he's willing to sort of build the genuine emotions over time. He doesn't expect them all to be all set up there at the, at the beginning. Uh, that he can I guess maybe fall in love more in sort of a more pragmatic way. That's well, kind I of think it's, it's one
1: of it's one of the idioms I I found to be the most useful in life. Not that I've particularly successful. Buzz. I always like saying, "Fake it till you make it."
2: Right. Yeah. If yeah somebody yeah, asks that's, you, that's,
1: you can do something. So go. Yeah. And then just fake no, it. No, that, and, either, well, you, and either you're going to fail spectacularly, or you're going to figure it out, and you'll figure it out most of the time.
2: Oh, but that's just not being honest with yourself, Mark. It's just not being honest. You know, honesty no, doesn't I think, get you anything in this world. Well, I think it's a very pragmatic way about going about things and and that's definitely what the larry character fake it till you make it you know you you go through the motions you know it's kind of what they tell people about getting out of a a depressive state is hey why don't you go out and you know get out get some sunshine uh you know go for walks be around people do things that maybe make you uncomfortable And then you'll get into the motion of it, even though your headspace isn't there at the moment. And then eventually, uh, just going through that sort of exercise will bring, and that routine will bring your mood up. And there's something to be said about it. I know it's kind of a lot, it seems like a lot of bullshit. I've never heard it said that
1: way. I wish somebody, when I'm depressed, would just tell me, look, why don't you just try to fake acting happy for a while? Well, and I don't mean fake acting. No, no, it's exactly what you're saying you're exactly well, I, I'm saying not
2: saying that. like be happy that do, do, do yes yeah. fake do what things. happy people
1: would do what does a happy person do
2: he goes meets with friends uh, yeah it sounds awful doesn't it it really sounds like but it's true down. yeah it does and if you do it you you could do it one day and go Oh, this was horrible! I hated every minute of it. But then you do it again, and you do it again. And, I, I and, usually
1: find when I'm really depressed and I don't want to be around people, and I force myself to be around people, I usually tell somebody to go fuck themselves in the process. Go fuck yourself! I, right. I've done that multiple times, and I found that I'll fake activities other than being sociable, like I'll go get uh, some activity, but I won't fake. I won't fake being. Uh, personable to people because I can't. Well,
2: I, and that's not what I'm necessarily talking about. I mean, it's a general, uh, it's a general uh, practice. It's I'm not. True. I it's don't know. Really why.
1: You shouldn't have to mince your words. I think just be yeah. brutally honest
0: about it.
2: Well, it's true. So uh, there's something to be said about establishing, like through brute force, this relationship, uh, and. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna fall deeper in love. I don't know. Maybe I'm not really in love with her right now, but I'm gonna, I'll stick it out. And god damn it, you know. And uh, uh, that's the whole compromise. Uh, Look, when thing your girlfriend's I, being
1: a bitch, sometimes you just gotta let them be that way. That's right. And not get not <laughs> let, let it get under your skin.
2: Uh, or just uh, yeah, give it some time. Yeah, there's nothing like whatever. time. So uh, I, I guess I don't know. That's that's. That's why I always come back to that quote where Larry describes a, a human heart as looking like a fist wrapped in blood. <laughs> you know? I mean, you it's like, you like the visceral. poetic
1: nature of it, but I'm not sure what is it saying.
2: Well, it 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 blows away the um, I the guess poetic the hallmark, nature of it. The hallmark archetype it's it's an it's a metaphor, obviously because the heart isn't where your emotions are, but it it's
1: uh I always uh, remember uh, people talk about the heart poetically. I always consider talking about the heart symbol, and a lot of people say that's most likely a, a symbolic drawing of the labia of the <laughs> Ooh, vagina.
2: Wow, Well, I put it in a different light so when people talk and, about love I,
1: poetically, they're just talking about <laughs> pussy, and it makes a lot of sense.
2: <laughs> All right, continue with the review.
1: Anyway, so trying to get at why uh, Ebert gave this four stars, he does say that the characters are so very articulate, which is hey, refres- refreshing in a time when literate and evocative speech has been devalued in movies. So, I don't know. That Whatever. Seems like a little bit of an arrogant yeah. comment. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and here's here's something interesting. Here's where um, Ebert uh, disagrees with us uh Almost completely. He says, forced to rank the four characters in order of their nastiness. I would place Larry at the top of the list for most nasty.
2: Does not he mean he's not likable?
1: Oh. Well, I mean, I think when he says that, he's saying unlikability when he says nastiness. Okay. All right. So he really doesn't like Larry, though. I think the brutal honesty of Larry makes him more likable. It seems If I was going to be in that situation, that's how I'd most likely behave. I'd just be a dick. Because that's, that's naturally what I am at my core. Um, and he says, uh, probably the least likable in a way he says this. He says, Dan is an innocent by comparison. He wants to be bad but isn't good at it.
2: Well, that's what I was saying. He's not. He, he can't uh, have a fling with Alice and just kick her to the curb when she gets needy. He doesn't have it in him.
1: I guess I don't see how that makes you likable at all. Uh, he says Alice seems the most innocent and blameless of the four until the very end of the movie, when we are forced to ask if everything she did was a
2: form of stripping.
1: Okay. In the way that well, she's, kind of. she sort of the whole idea that Alice is an assumed name. Her name's really what is it, Judy or something?
2: I had some problem with the prag pragmatic element of that because, for starters, how could you be on a Tourist visa for four straight years. Yeah,
1: you have to be working under the table.
2: Right. Well, okay, if you're stripping, you're working under the table, but still, aren't you like illegal? Don't you have to leave the country every like three months and come back or something like that? Yeah, how does she
1: just work as a waitress? I'm pretty sure they don't really give work visas out to waitresses. For nationals to work low wage jobs.
2: I've looked at, yeah, I've looked at like uh, work visa classifications for the UK and, uh, in order for, like, them just to let anybody into the country, yeah, do what you want when you get here, you know, you'll be fine. We'll give you, like, a visa for this long. You have to be uh, more or less a, a, a rocket scientist. Yeah, you have or to be some
1: high – and you have to be sponsored. I mean, it's the same thing in the U.S.
2: Right, right, um, yeah, exactly. So
1: I guess he doesn't really explain it. I just – he doesn't seem to understand the Alice character any better than we do.
2: Well, yeah, I don't I, – you know, I, I the Alice character, I would say, is probably – the least realistic character in this film and uh just there's the mechanics of her being an assumed person for so long yeah it doesn't doesn't really make
1: much sense and i guess i was hoping ebert would give us some insight but he doesn't have any here for us
0: other than confusion
1: that we already have uh and then he goes to talk about a little bit of the characters in their lifestyles he says there's a creepy fascination in the way these four characters stage their affairs while occupying impeccable lifestyles yeah they Marcus. dress in the present themselves handsomely and then they talk about them living in uh, 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 in exorbitantly priced housing and yeah. he says that there is a sense that their trusts and betrayals are not fundamentally important to them and I sort of got that feeling too that these guys will be fine I mean uh, just look at Larry. He's destroyed by his wife leaving him, destroyed by it. Yet he still has his shit together to open a, a very nice private practice right. as a dermatologist. How destroyed are you when your career's sailing high? You know, he's he's not shaved. He comes to the strip club looking like a mess. Yeah. Yet he's just opened his own practice and shit's going crazy, and he's got he's making money hand over fist.
2: It's really weird. That's how, man, being a dermatologist I guess I checks right field. themselves. Yeah.
1: Um, <clears throat> so anyways, so to sum it up, I'll just read the last paragraph. What is unique about Closer, making it seem right for these insincere times, <laughs> is that the oh, characters man. do not understand each other or themselves. I agree with the second part of that. Yeah. They know how to go through the motions of pushing the right buttons and how to pretend their buttons have been pushed. But do they really experience anything at all except their own pleasure?
2: <clears throat> four stars,
1: somehow. Amazingly four stars. That's a three-star review if I've ever read it. And yeah, been, I'd say it's like a genuine. two
2: and a half. It's Look, not very... Uh,
1: I think right. it's maybe the reason that you you like this movie. You like it because of the fun conversations. Well,
0: there's yeah. There's nothing I, wrong with that.
1: I mean, you enjoy I, this movie because there's some, as Ebert pointed out, there's some nice uh nicely uh put together and interesting uh sort of high level of reading or whatever i don't know what you want to say i'm sure literary yeah the, there's some yeah. literate discussion in here and there's some fighting and i like all this talk about sex and cum and shit i always like that <laughs> stuff i mean that's fun stuff <laughs> and i like that quite a bit but the characters I, they're sort of messes though i think no we got, they're I, messes. Think we, I think we got to the heart of the two important characters, which are uh, Larry and Dan. Yeah. The well, women, I don't,
2: I uh, can't make well, heads
1: or tails of those two characters.
2: Alice is kind of a write off and, and Anna is so unlikable that it's hard to get any insight into what she's all about. Uh, other than she's sort of a, I guess, a a, a bit of a female mirror to the Dan character, but in a. I don't know, a, a weird way. I, guess, I don't know. I, yeah, so I, I've
1: been I'm, confused about the characters in both of these Mike Nichols productions.
2: Yeah.
1: It's well, interesting. It's, it may be, I, I just, maybe I'm just maybe i not the right audience for what he's saying, other than they're fun. Both movies have a lot of fun dialogue, don't get me wrong. But the characters seem insincere to me. Yeah. Or maybe that's yeah, the well, point, yeah, but I guess
2: I guess I'm not sure why. Well, like I said, I just... Uh, I, the... I guess I, I envy the scenes of Larry because there's instances in my life where I, I, I would have liked to have that kind of command of myself to cure myself of whatever adolescent jealousy that may have been stirring. I mean, just have that ability to con- confront it and get it out and move on, you know.
1: <laughs> sort of reminds me of Clerks. About the what is it? The forty-seven dicks, or
2: how many dicks was it? Yeah, right. dick, 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 I don't know. Dick, dick, dick. <laughs> dick, dick, dick. <laughs> I mean,
1: I you can't worry about your partners. I mean, I, I've that's not not something that ever really crossed my mind. I guess some people really get worked up about it. I'd probably be pretty skeeved out by some infidelity, but
2: it's um, just better not knowing. I mean, well, probably past for the, relationships, for the best, I, right? Past relationships are always sort of a weird form of jealousy. Oh, I you know, know, I don't understand
1: why you would be jealous.
2: No, no, you're not. I, I'm not. But some people get kinda weirded. I, I kinda get weirded out by um, past boyfriends. I just don't ask questions. I just don't want to know mean, I don't if care. you're still
1: friends with them or something, that'd be sort of
2: weird. Yeah, that would be kinda weird. Uh, I guess uh, that could
1: get a little worrisome because, you know, I mean somebody's probably having sex on every once in a while if they're
2: still friends with an ex boyfriend. I'm sorry, I hope I didn't
1: I hope I didn't uncover an uncomfortable bit.
2: of your life there sloppy seconds as i like to call that look i'll tell you
1: um, if if i found my girlfriend had been unfaithful with me earlier in that day i would have an intense desire to fuck her as soon as possible to mark
2: my territory and get a little bit of a larry well it's part uh...
1: of a it's part of sex acts actually it's called um semen displacement where uh, a lot of the foreplay elements and uh, the thrusting of your penis, the whole point of that is to displace the semen of the previous oh. partner and replace it with your own.
2: So you you want to wash get that in there. man right but out they, of her hair. They've said that maybe do. the
1: shape of the glands of the penis, sort well, of the I'll way it part. hooks back on itself a little bit, is used to scrape the previous partner's semen that's out of the vagina of your partner. So that's You, you really want to get ridden. Get all get all oh, the corners. You want to push up on the other side of the cervix. You know it helps if you got a little length, and I'm not. I'm, and oh, girth Lord. is not going to hurt you in this situation.
2: Mark, so there you go, listeners. You always wanted to know questions questions about sex that you're too afraid to ask, but always wanted to know. Mark, and
1: here to- a little bit of sucking during the cuddlingus.
2: Mark's here to it's like sucking uh, the poison out of a snake.
1: By <laughs>
2: Mark's here to answer all your questions. Wow,
0: uh, Mark, you just. <laughs>
2: Got really randy with the, that. Well, one. this movie
1: with, uh, is really dirty in the dialogue, right? It's not any grosser than what I just said.
2: I know it's uh, no. <laughs> no, it's just it's very biological what you said. It kind of makes sense, but it's yeah, sort I of mean, like Ugh. It's what we do. I don't know. It's not like putting a like with those some kind of uh, rodents that use plugs semen plugs or something have you heard about that humans do
1: that too your viscosity, depending on the number of sexual partners you have and your perceived number of sexual partners your partner has your body will adjust the viscosity of its semen
2: yeah but like uh these rodents or rodents will actually like it'll turn into super glue temporarily when they're done. And, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. It's one reason you can tell whether there's been copulation. You look for a plug, a vaginal plug in like rodents. Right. But, well, uh, and- but they've developed means to removing those vaginal plugs, you know, so they can Ugh. get it on. Ugh. A lot of times, uh, the, uh, because you'll have large litters, that there'll be different fathers among the, uh, among yeah. the, among the pups.
2: Animals are so disgusting.
0: <laughs> we're
2: animals, Matt, and we're so disgusting. <laughs> oh, man. On that note, I think, we're, uh, I think we're done with Closer for this week. Uh, next week, we're going to oh, shift we're back gears. on the
1: Dan O'Bannon-a-thon.
2: Dan obannon How long have we been exciting. in the Dan O'Bannon-a-thon? Look, Two, man, three months?
1: It's been a while, and we're still going. So uh, next one is Total Recall. This is our penultimate Dan O'Bannon-a-thon. This is yeah. the 1990 sci-fi classic, and this is right up, right. This is my, my, my wheelhouse, man. Plus, fucking Paul Verhoeven.
2: Oh, Paul Verhoeven. God, it's we got to do combo. a Verhoeven-a-thon. We should just start. We should maybe we should just segue. Well, you, you got to do the final Dan O'Bannon. Yeah, there's though, one more but... Dan O'Bannon.
1: Uh, no, I got to put a couple of. As I say, I'm taking a break with some viewer choices and some bad
2: movie choices. Okay, well, maybe I'll there. pick up the Gauntlet. Sure, if you you can
1: do it a thon if you'd like. I mean, uh, nothing stopping you. You can do whatever you like. And, um, but uh, anyways, we're doing uh, Total Recall, which I already said. Okay, another Total- Philip K. Dick based yes. story. This movie has got everything, and Al Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's
2: fucking man. When I first saw this movie, I in the theater, I um I was dazzled for that weekend. I saw it on opening Friday. It, it was like whoa. Uh, it was so much fun. Yeah, this, this uh, is a great,
1: I, I, this is a great piece of classic American science fiction.
2: Spectrum. And just flush the Colin Firth version, Colin Firth, Colin Farrell version down the toilet. Did you uh, see I that? Saw, I saw like thirty minutes of it, and I just, and it's like this is looked beautiful, but just was complete shit. They didn't even go
1: and to Mars. I know. But the question is, <laughs> did they even go to Mars in the original movie? Hmm?
2: Uh, There you go. Okay. (laughs) Right? All right. Until next week. What's so great about the truth? Try lying for a change. It's the currency of the world.